Let's do this. Let's lift your hands to heaven right now. I don't believe the Lord's done right now with our worship. And I want you to express your love to him right now. Give him more of yourself. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Give him the more right now. We're not going to stop till he's fulfilled. Amen. Release your whole heart to Jesus right now. And we're going to worship in spirit and in truth with our whole hearts today. Amen. Forget about the person around you. Forget about shyness. Give him your all right now. All of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth today. We love you, our Father. We love you, we love you, we love you. Will you tell him you love him? Tell him you love him. Express your heart and cry out from your heart, Abba, you're my daddy. You're not mad at me, you're Abba, you're my daddy, you're my father. My father, my father. My father, my father. My father, my father. Amen. My father, my father. We have that spirit of adoption whereby we cry out from our hearts, Abba, you're my daddy. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you right now. Bless the Lord, will you? From your heart, out of your lips. Bless him right now. Let the high praises of God be on our lips. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, our Father. You're our Father. Come on, lift the roof. Come on, come on. Worship God. You are my everything, and I will adore you. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. your hand over your heart and just tell him, utter it from your lips, I adore you. Father, I adore you. Father, I adore you. Just from your own heart. You got to know that pleases the Father's heart. We don't just say we know that you love him. We tell him we love him. Amen? We tell him we love him. Tell him I love you. You mean so much to me. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for giving me a life and an abundant life. We adore you, we adore you, we adore you, our Father. Worship Him, worship Him, worship Him. Beautiful presence of Jesus. Let's sing it with her, will you? I adore you. I adore you. It's beautiful. 
beautiful. It's beautiful. Like an incense. Come on, let's sing it again. Come on. I adore you. 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 Everybody, everybody saying that. Everybody worshiping. Whole house, all the saints of God. our hands to him. singing that and you're feeling that draw of God to give your life to him I'm going to open this altar up and you say like if you've been in between the land of uneven and today's your day that you want to surrender your whole life to him that's what makes things work no half-hearted no religion full face open face to Jesus I'm going to open this altar up and if that's your desire to give your life to him I want you to come up here right now and just surrender in this presence and forget about everyone around you. That draw of God that's on your heart, just make your way to the front.
real draw of the Lord. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, there's that real wooing right now. God's Spirit drawing your heart. And I want to give you a chance. If you're feeling that draw and you're a little self-conscious and right now with nobody looking, I want you to raise your hand to heaven and say, I want to give my life to Jesus right now. Nobody's looking, every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want you to miss the moment. There's some people that God's really dealing with your heart, but you're worried about others around you. I see a hand. I see another hand. I see another hand. I see four. Anyone else want to join this full surrender? They're going to surrender their lives. So everybody's hands up. Everybody's hands with their hands, and we're all going to pray with them there's a few new ones that have never prayed that but there's some other ones that have and they're just talking about the lordship of jesus either way we're going to usher them in amen everybody repeating say lord jesus i come to you right now i believe with all my heart that god raised jesus from the dead I believe right now, therefore, I confess right now, Jesus, be Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. I receive you right now as Lord and Christ. I receive forgiveness. I receive eternal life. I receive of your fullness right now thank you for forgiving me thank you for saving me thank you for consecrating my heart in Jesus name and everyone said amen 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 put your hands together and give God thanks give God thanks Lord we thank you we thank you that all of heaven rejoices over those who prayed that for the very first time in their lives And I want to thank you for those who had the consecration that you move in their lives as sanctifier of the heart. We give you praise right now. We give you thanks for that right now. Amen. Amen. And in this presence, I want you to turn around. Tell them you love them, your neighbors, and pray for one another. And Tom, if you put up Psalm 67, the first verse. I want everyone praying over everyone this chapter, this verse of Psalm 67. Verse 1, over one another. Psalm 67, 1. And I want you to pray that over each other. After you greeted one another, after you said how much you love each other, I want you to pray that word of God over each other. That's on the screen right now. It says, God, be merciful. God have favor, that word means. Favor unto us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us. Pray that over each other. Pray that over, pray it out loud. Pray that scripture. Bless one another with those verses. Psalm 67, 1. God, be merciful. Favor us. Let your favor and bless us. And cause your face to shine upon us. God, favor us. Put your favor stronger on our lives.
Bless us, bless us, bless us. Cause your face to shine on us. God, favor us. More favor unto us. And bless us. Lord, you grant us your favor. That favor of God. We're under your blessing and you bless us. And you cause your face to shine upon us. Pray that over one another. Everybody's praying that verse over each other. Praying the word of God over one another. God, favor us. More favor to us. And we're under your blessing and you bless us. And you cause your face to shine upon us. Next verse 2. Why? 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 Verse 2. Verse 2. That thy way may be known. You're blessing me. You're favoring me. Your face is shining on me. That the earth might know your saving health among all nations. Amen? That's why. That's why. That's why. Amen? Amen? Give God praise, will you? Give Him praise right now. Thank Him. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Like you mean it. Like He's worthy of it. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Blessed. Blessed be your name. 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 Glory and honor be unto your name. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your favor that opens doors that no man can shut. Your favor that causes men to give unto my bosom. Your blessing and your face shining on us. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Tell your neighbor you're highly favored of God on the right. Tell him you're highly favored. Tell him on the left. You're blessed. Tell him you're blessed by God. Tell him that. Tell him his face shines upon you. You've been through your times of abasing. Get ready for some abounding. Amen? We've learned to suffer. Right? We learned to abase, but we learned to abound as well. So thank him. Amen. 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 Love seeing those little guys. Look at those little people. Look at those little people. Give, yeah, give God thanks for the little people. Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Look, Ty goes to the runner. Run, run, run. Ty goes to the runner. Run, run. <laughs> Are you watching him? All right, all right. That's awesome. Amen. Put your hand over your heart. Say, Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for the baptism today. Thank you, Father, for you working with your word today. For the Lord worked with the word, the word of God. The Lord worked with his word with signs following. Amen. So, Lord, I'm believing that Arthur has a word, Lord, today on a further of baptisms. And that there's going to be signs following and accompanying that word today and the next few weeks to come. Amen. The next few weeks. He works with his word, confirming it with signs following. Amen. Put it up there, Tom. Um, uh, Mark, I think it's the 16th chapter, the 20th verse. Because every time we hear this word of God, we have opportunity. Amen. Get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Every time the word of God is preached, Jesus is the word of God. Amen. The intention of God's heart. Opportunities there. Every time. Say every time. 
opportunities knocking right he stands at the door and knocks today every time that words preached say God give me ears to hear eyes to see and a heart that understands and say this I receive with meekness this engrafted word that's able to save my soul and read this with me if you would and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen 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 You know, the Lord intends to move us. The Lord has an intention to, to come into your life and to move you from one place to another. And even during worship, He has an intention to, to move your heart toward Himself. He has, he has a heart that says, I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. And so we make a conscious effort at those times to say, I want to be with you. Not only does he want me to be with him, I want to be with him. And so when, when there may be a little bit of stubbornness, then say, you know, I'm just here to fill a pew. He's going, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. What this is about is loving the Lord. And allowing the Lord to love you. It's called relationship. It's called interaction. It, it, it's called coming together for one purpose. And that's to glorify God. He wants to glorify Himself. And He does that through His children. He does that through you. When you say, glory to God, I want you more. I want what God wants. You're glorifying Him. You're agreeing with Him and glorifying Him. You're saying yes to the Lord. You don't know how much that little uh, three alphabetic, I can't can't even think of the word, three alphabetic, (laughs) three, saying yes, saying yes. You don't know how much that means. Why? Because it turns your heart toward him. You're saying yes to the Lord. And he will take it. And he says, and there will be sometimes when you say no, he goes, but you said yes yesterday. But you said yes the other day. And you're going, well, yeah, I did. You're right, I did. And it's going to be yes today. Yes today for him. He'll give you an opportunity tomorrow to say yes. And I pray, really, pray. If you would hear us Saturday night, we're praying for you. Praying for you that you would say yes. Awakening of your spirit, awakening of the things that are within you to say yes to the Lord. It's an awesome thing. It truly is awesome. Um, last week I had started um, the uh, uh, sermon, <laughs> the teaching on baptisms. And uh, just to recap a little bit, the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptutsu, and that word means to totally immerse, to totally be engulfed by something. And so we witnessed a baptism today, and we saw grace be totally immersed into water. And he said that's, that's one of the things that you do. One of the first things that you do is a baptism into repentance, totally immersed into the ability to repent. 
And it's an ongoing thing. It, it, it starts from day one throughout your life in God to repent, to be, able to, say, to be able to say, I thought my way was good, but I found that the Lord's way is better. And so I change my course. I change my way of thinking to agree with him. That's baptism into repentance. And it, it's an ongoing thing. It will for always be. And then we talked about the baptism uh, into water. We talked about the baptism into the Holy Ghost, uh, talking about uh, the baptism into fire. We're going to talk about the baptism into suffering. And the baptism into fire was for, you, uh, for God to come into your life and correct you, to give you little spankings, to be able to say, that's not right. And... It's a beautiful thing when you hear the Lord say, you're wrong and you need to change. The beauty comes when you receive that word with a total heart and love for him and you say, I'm sorry. And then you come to him and you say, what is the right way to go? And he shows you. He says, this is the right way to go. This is the the way of the Lord. And you follow him. But today, I wanted to start off with baptism into the body. God designed a plan. And the plan was not the religious church that we see today. It's not coming on one day a week. It's the the thing of the, the body of Christ. It is not acquaintances he says i want you to get to know one another i want you to put up with one another i want you to bear with one another i want you to live and love one another not just come on sunday and say hey you got a new car that's really great that's not what this is about this is not a club it's not the Elks Club. It's, it's not whatever club you can think of. It's not a club. You, you don't have membership dues. You, you don't have an obligation by obligation. You have relationship. Now, consider what he wants is a family. Who is the head of that family? Who do we call father? Who is the one that sits on the throne? The relationship is that we are all, all of us here are tied to the head. And when we acknowledge him as head, and when we acknowledge who he is, and his wisdom, and his glory, and our creator, and we give him that place and position, and we recognize it, then all of us come to the same place of glorifying him. A lot of it done through this book. A lot of it done by, he says, now this is how I want you to live together. I want you to live together by this book. And so there are rules. There really are. In your house, are there rules? Barbie, are there rules in your house? Yeah. Jeanette, are there rules in your house? Can you just run amok 
in, in the house, can't, you can't do it. There are rules in this boy's house. I set them. <laughs> and hopefully, I took my representation of God the Father because he is even the head of my house and my domestic house. Can you see how it flows together? When God becomes ruler of this house, of Arthur Rodriguez, this house, this temple, when he becomes a ruler of that, then I live according to his way. Now, I'm living according to his way. That means I need to put this house, this house, in order. And so, therefore, we're all beginning to live in a certain way and flow together. We interact together inside that house. And if this house is living the way God wants us to, guess what happens to this house? It begins to work together as he, as who he sees fit. Turn to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. First Corinthians 12:13. I love hearing those pages turn. Y- y'all keep doing it. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Who's doing the baptizing? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is bringing people together by the direction of Jesus Christ. Realize this. There is a baptism into the body. That means that there are people that have been called to this place, to this local body. There is this place where you are rooted and grounded in what God is doing in your life here. Now, there are people that should be here, but they've gone somewhere else. People come to us all the time. You know, that was really good, really appreciated. And we always get this one. Worship was awesome. Your singers, your players, they were great. But you know, we're going to go somewhere else because of whatever reason. You've probably all heard them. And some probably have given them. But the reality is, where has God placed you? Where has God rooted you? If you are in a family, you had, you were When you were born, you were born to a mother and a father. And then at that point, you grew up, became a teenager, and you didn't like what was going on no matter what it was. I don't like this. I don't like you. I Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to run away. But did you or could you? (laughs) I'm going across the street. (laughs) 
The reality is you're committed. They're committed to you, and you are committed to them and to that family. Have a teaching, teaching in the Word called the house, the house, the house. In this house, when my hand doesn't cooperate, I don't cut it off. In this house, when he doesn't cooperate, or even sometimes when I don't do things well, we don't sever relationship. We stick it out. Too bad I can't say that about the body of Christ as, as a whole, as a general, because they have no understanding of the baptism into the body. Get into the baptism of the body, you're there. You're stuck. And you've got to know that also in Corinthians, it says in verse 18, can you put that up, Tom, verse 18? God places as he sees fit. It's who he says fit. It's not your opinion. It's not your decision. It's God's decision. But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. He's saying, I'm putting you in ecclesia, and it's for the good of the body of Christ. How can you serve that? There are times when I see someone who does belong here and is coming here, and I say, man, I really missed you. All of a sudden, their face kind of turns red, and they're going, oh, God, you know, I'm getting in trouble by the principal. But it's not, it's not it at all. I really missed you. I really look forward to seeing you Sunday. I look forward for the, for the family meeting to happen. Now, Richard, you have a little son, Andrew. What if you didn't know where he was and he didn't come to supper that night? Would you worry? Would you be going, hey, uh, are you at the friend's house? What, what's going on here? Why aren't you here eating with us? We want to know. You see, this is the time that you get fed. We come to the Lord's banqueting table and He feeds you. And sometimes we wonder, are you getting fed? Are you getting nutritionally fed? That's a concern. It's a concern of mine. I'll be real honest. For someone right now that I have in mind that hasn't come in a few weeks, and I'm going, I'm wondering what's going on. Are they being fed? And what are they being fed? Are they getting strong or are they getting weak? You see, I'm not cared that they fill a, a place in a pew. I am care that they live life abundantly. You see, that's what shepherds do. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, you should pass the sheep under the hand. And what that means is when the sheep come under the shepherd would go and it would, he would feel around on the sheep and say, oh, you know, 
oh, you, you got a scar here. Why are you limping? He, he looks at the legs. He looks at, at the body. He passes to see that everything, feels everything to be able to see, is this sheep healthy? And if he's not, what must I do to get him healthy? Sometimes when I've passed sheep under the hand, they're going, what, why are you touching me? <laughs> why, why are you in my life? Why are you asking me those questions? Because I want to see if you're healthy or not. Passing a sheep un, under the hand is part of being baptized into the body. It's a part of the way the family lives. Um, my mom had a stroke recently, and uh, the right side of her, her body is paralyzed and uh, not able to walk, not able to talk. And it's a perfect example of the head and the body being detached. She's not normal. She should be able to walk. She should be able to talk. She should be receiving uh, signals from her brain, from, from her head to her body. And if that's not happening, there's something that is wrong. How do we, in a corporate setting, follow the head? If we're not following the head, there's something wrong. The body cannot be independent of the head. And we must constantly be looking. That's good of today, the corporate setting. But there also has to be a connection to the head tomorrow. How do I get connected to the head tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day? Body life isn't just a one-day thing. Body life is a lifestyle, a style in the way God brought us to be like. This glorifies God when we do this. It glorifies him. Um. You need to consider. There, people have been surprised at times when they come into the body. And I ask them, do you belong here? Do you belong in this fellowship? Because if you don't, you need to go get plugged in where you do. And you need to be committed to that place. And you need to be committed to what God is telling you to do in that place. From the place of receiving and a place of giving. Of receiving the word, the engrafted word, to receiving what God has for them and giving back in worship and service. I like this this thing that we have here. We are called to be with him and we are called to serve. First you've got to be with him before you start serving. <laughs> this being called to serve is, a, is an important thing. Remember the scripture that we just talked about? He places as he wishes in 
in some churches, I, I got a report um, from a friend of mine, and he said that their Sunday school teacher was having an affair. And my question was, oh, my gosh, he's having an affair. My question was, oh, my gosh, why is he a Sunday school teacher? Why is he serving in a body in the capacity at, in, in any type of leadership when he has this moral character flaw? I don't, I don't understand. Called to be with him as head and then called to serve. Oh. Then there's the baptism of suffering. You know, um, I don't know the discussion that, that Grace and Josh and Daisy had with Craig about baptism. I wasn't, I wasn't there, so I don't know what they talked about. But basically, I think the conversation went, Gracie wants to be baptized. Gracie has, has uh, said yes. Grace said yes, and I want to be a Christian. I am a Christian, and I want to follow uh, in baptism. Okay? Probably went something like that. Well, in all of that, there was a choice to be made. One day talking, Sunday we're going to do it. Okay? I want to know who of you who have gone through this have said, you know, I think I want to go through the baptism of suffering. That Sign me up. That's what I want to do. I want to suffer. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen like water baptism. When you said yes to the baptism of suffering, it's when you said yes to Jesus and committed your life to him. Somewhere along the, the road, some, about water baptism, uh, the baptism of repentance, water baptism, uh, baptism into the Holy Spirit, somewhere in there, you made this commitment. God, if it's you, I want it. I made that commitment. If it's you, I want it. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to look, but I want it. Sharon did that with me. You know, he's cute and all, you know, he, he makes me laugh. All from, don't be lying. <laughs> but, oh yeah. <laughs> One day, she said yes. She said, yes, I want to marry him. Now, she had no idea of what the next 20-some-odd years was going to go on. She just had no idea. She, she thought it was going to be bliss, woo, wonderful. But it wasn't. <laughs> Because she married me. <laughs> the reality is that she said yes at a certain point in her life 
to me. And what she said was, I commit myself to you. I'm saying yes. You see, somewhere in there between repentance and baptism of the Holy Ghost and somewhere in there, you're going to say yes. You're going to say yes to God no matter what. No matter what. And he's going to take you through a journey. And this journey is going to be the greatest journey you'll ever have. You see, the greatest decision that you'll ever make is yes to Jesus Christ. Because it's the farthest reaching. It not only reaches in this life, but it also reaches into eternity. The other decision... Ooh, scared myself. (laughs) The other decision... The other decision is who you marry. Because that's a lifetime. Now, turn to Matthew 20. Matthew 20, verse 22 and 23. Matthew 20, verses 22. Hey, hey, guys. I'm like happy. I'm glad you guys came. Verse 22, uh, again, Matthew 20, verse 22 through 23. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children and with her sons, worshiping him and and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What what wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these two sons may sit one at thy right hand and one on the other left in the kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And they said unto him, We are able. <laughs> and he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup. He's not, he's not giving them a choice. Oh, you said yes? Yeah. He goes, No, you're going to drink it. And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right and sit on the left is not mine to give but it shall be given unto them to whom it prepared the Father. And he says, he was about to go to the cross. He was about to be suffering for nothing that he did wrong. Jesus was perfect. He did nothing wrong. And yet he was beaten, he was tortured, he was made fun of, he was kicked He was given a crown of thorns. He was put on a cross. This was what happened to him. And he didn't say stop. At Gethsemane was his place. It was the garden before he went, the day before all this happened. And he was there, and he was was praying so hard that, that there were drops as blood. And his heart was, if this cup can pass from me, if I don't have to do this, if, if 
we can skip this part. Please, let it be. Well, you know the story. Because what he said was this. Thy will, God's will be done. God's will be done. Jesus definitely had a baptism into suffering. And I ask you, if we can suffer for doing something that was wrong, First Peter tells us, can you suffer for what is right? Can you suffer a right? Jason and I were talking the other day. We were talking about, how come I don't get credit for what I do? How come... How come I say this great thing and then his co-worker comes and says the same thing and they're going, ooh, that was great. And Jason sits on the side and goes, how come I didn't get credit for that? And I asked Jason, can you suffer a right? We all should suffer wrongs. That gets us pure, sanctified. But how do we drop our souls when we're right? Jesus suffered a right. Can we? We live in America and we're going, it's not fair. It's not fair. Tell me. Tell me where it was fair for Jesus. Tell me where it was fair. I'm telling you, we live in America where I need to have my rights. Where were the rights of Jesus? I mean, they, they went from, oh, a Roman, a Jew, and they went through all the legal things. And they still hung him on a cross. Where can we? Hebrews says, have you suffered to the point of bleeding? I haven't, just to let you know. I have not suffered to the point of bleeding, but my Savior has. And there is a place in the life of a Christian. You may ask why, but what if the answer comes back? goes, I said so. There was a man who was born blind. Book of John. And all of a sudden, the Pharisees came and got him. And they brought him before Jesus. He was in his 30s. And they brought him before Jesus. And they said, who sinned? Because only, only bad things happen to people who sin." Wrong. He said, who sinned, his mother or his father, that this man was born blind? And Jesus said to them this, nobody sinned. No one sinned. He said, 
he was born blind. So at this time, at this place, the glory of God could be shown. And Jesus healed him. And he was, and he could see. How fair is that? How fair is living in blindness for 30 years of his life so that one day Jesus could heal him? How fair is that? In earthly terms, it's not. Well, golly, why did I have to suffer this? Martyrs. There's martyr after martyr in, in, in this book of people who gave their lives for Jesus Christ and gave glory to God. Where? Where have you suffered a right? Maybe every day. Maybe there's a season in your life of suffering for nothing you did wrong. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter four. It's toward the end, toward the back, near Revelation. First Peter chapter four. Starting with verse twelve. Beloved, think it not a strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. If you're suffering, you're going, what? Who of us haven't done this? Who of us haven't gone, well, I, I don't, what do you mean this is happening to me? I don't deserve this. Who hadn't said that? Don't raise your hand. But rejoice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not only should I not like it, I should be rejoicing. Who of you did that? Don't raise your hand. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So when God gets the credit, we should be going, Yes! Yes! God was glorified in this moment. Through my suffering, He was glorified. Wow. You know when Jesus was on the cross, when things were being hurled at him, when there was a centurion, there was a soldier, and he said, is this not a man of God? He didn't acknowledge the son of God. He said, is this not a man of God? He gave honor to something he didn't even realize and knew anything about. If we be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer a 
suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on, on this behalf. For the time has come and that judgment must begin in the house of God. And it first begins at us. What shall the end of uh, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Wow. Let them that suffer according to the will of God. How many prosperity preachers have you have read that one? How many charismatic are going, hey, suffer by the will of God? This isn't a popular message here, but it's a true one. It's one where I don't want you to be taken by surprise. So remember, baptism into fire is to get you righteous. It is to bring out the gold in you. It is take away the dross. Baptism into suffering is to suffer with the things of Jesus. Then there's a baptism into the cloud. This is another one that's going to just go on and on and on. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. This is the last one. 1 Corinthians 10, chapter, I mean, chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There's a baptism into the cloud. Now, how does that work? Well, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were being led out of Egypt, to the promised land, there was a cloud by day and fire by night. That cloud would move or the fire would move. And so when the cloud moved, it was an indication that the whole tribe moved with the cloud. When the fire moved, it also moved. But when it stood still, the, the tribe was to stand still. Now, we're talking between one and two million people here. So this was kind of a big deal for to move one to two million people. And uh, <clears throat> so God devised this plan. He also meant for this plan to work within us. That we are so in touch that we recognize the presence of God in the cloud and in the fire that when it stands still, we don't move. 
I was asking Robin Friday night, I said, how do you make that decision? She was telling me about a decision that she has to make. I said, how do you make that decision? And so she told me. I said, it comes right, all it comes down to is this. Does God want you to do it? Or does God want you to sit still? And she has to make that decision. Well, you know, this is not what she said, but this is what we go through. Well, you know, mom and dad, I'm, I'm talking about 30 some odd, 30, that class right there, the 30, 40 class. <laughs> well, mom, dad said, man, I shouldn't do that. Oh, okay. Um, or, you know, my friends say, or, you know, when I was young, this happened to me, so I know that I should. You got to throw all that stuff out the window. I primarily was raised by coaches, coaches who taught me how to make decisions, and they were sometimes wrong. My parents were wrong. I'm not saying rebel against your parents. Let me make that clear. I'm saying always follow God. Always follow God. And I guarantee you this, that your parents will eventually go, hey, good job. <laughs> Jesus was teaching in a, in, a, in a room, and while he was sitting there teaching, a knock came at the door, and it was Jesus' mother. Again, remember, Jesus was 30-some-odd years at this point. And uh, the knock at the door, someone goes answer it, and it's Jesus' mother. And they say, Jesus, your mother wants you outside. The answer that Jesus gave was, who is my mother? Who is my brother? It is those who do the will of the Father. Now, baptism into the cloud was, God said, even when you think it's a good idea, good ideas are the enemy of God ideas. Let me, let me repeat that. Good ideas are an enemy to God ideas. Why? Because we think it's a good idea, we think that's what we should do. You've got to wait for the God idea. Do you remember the tree of evil? It was also called the tree of good and evil. While over here was the tree of life. And that's what we're going for. We're going for the tree of life in our lives. Turn to Galatians 3.5. Galatians. Remember, God eats popcorn. Those of you who weren't here last week, you're going, what's he talking about? God doesn't eat popcorn. That means Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say it wrong? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's Philippians, Colossians. Sorry about that. Messed up my own little thing. 
Uh, Galatians 3, 5. He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Does he do it because he's commanded to? Is he doing it because out of obligation? How does he work miracles? It is by faith. Faith in believing that God is moving you. Let me tell you this. When I realized uh, the giftings, their, their giftings in Romans 12, I thought, wow, this is good. I happen to have the gift of administration. So I learned this, and I thought, well, it's right. I, I love to administrate things. Well, I thought I was to administer everything that I saw. Everything that I saw was out of whack. Everything that I saw was, was bad. And I was going, wow. I, I would freely give you, I was very generous with my mind and saying, you need to do this and you need to do that, you know. And there was a certain guy around here and he would just frustrate me so much because I was giving great advice. I was giving, I was giving great counsel. And he wasn't taking it. And I went to Jimmy and went to his office, and I was complaining. And I'm going, you know, I have this gift of administration, and this guy's not receiving it. I just can't believe it. And, and Jimmy said this, and it was like the heavens opened in Revelation to me. He said, it, it's true. And he said this. He said, Just because you have the gift of administration doesn't mean that you should administrate everything, especially this man's life. And I went, wow. That revelation was this. Is God the Lord of my gift? Is the God the Lord of my gifting? Does Craig say everything that he sees as a prophet? Say no. (laughs) He doesn't. Because he's subject not to what his gift, but he's subject to the Lord. His lordship, not the lordship of his gift. You wouldn't believe when somebody finds out that they're good at something They want to impose it on everybody. They do. Mothers, fathers, children. Well, you know, when I had my baby, it was like this. (laughs) Who says it's going to be like that? You know? Only do what the Lord has you do. That's the way you get baptized into the cloud by learning and living and moving when he says. And when he says stand still, man, I bet that's one of the hardest things for you to do, for me to do. Let's go. I want to go. And he's going, don't. Stop. Especially talking, you know. I want to say something. 
Cole? Da, 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 da. And he's going, okay, he's a good son. And sometimes I'm going, Cole, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. It was a whole different flavor of what God wanted for him. Shouldn't have said it. I didn't move with the cloud. I moved with my opinion. Or I moved by my emotions. Oh! Who felt that one? Yeah. You felt that one. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking because I'm an emotional wreck and I need you to know it. Really? You think we don't know? Oh, nervous laughter. That's, that's, that's. You just don't. <laughs> Turn to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 6. Put it, put it in the Amplified, if you could. Seeing then that the promise remains over from past times for some that enter that rest, and that those who formerly were given the good news uh, about it and the opportunity failed to uh, appropriate, appropriate it and did not enter because of disobedience. What he's saying is they didn't enter into the rest of God. The rest of God is not sitting and sleeping. The rest of God is not moving till he says. And so when I'm trying, when I have this ambition, when I have this thing that is going go, 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 I need to enter into the rest of God and say, hey, I'm not doing it by my own power. When I do it with my own power, God says, Go do it. I'm not stopping you. But understand, you don't have me backing you on this. But when he says go, whatever he commissions, he will provide for. Whatever he says go, whatever purpose he has for you, he will provide for. And so when you step out in faith, believing that God spoke to you, go do it. And feel the hand of God on you. Feel God's prompting and his, his way and his will on you. That's what I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you believing that there are people who have made decisions to be baptized into the body of Christ. They have made decisions to be able to say, I am committed. I'm committed to you and to your will. I'm committed to you to see that you place as you see fit. I'm committed to glorifying you. I 
pray, Father, right now that we recognize a place of suffering. And that place of suffering is, is not void, but it glorifies you again. And, Father, I pray right now that there's also understanding here through this teaching that you are teaching them that I should be baptized into the cloud and that I want to walk in that cloud and I want to be led by the fire and by the cloud. I want to ask you, with your your heads still bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you, could you make a commitment today to be baptized into the body? Raise your hand. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Did you have an understanding of the suffering? Raise your hand. Good. Good. Did you commit yourself to being baptized into the cloud? Commit yourself to being led by Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. Good. Good. Father, for all those that raise their hand, God, I pray that you speak to them. Speak to them about the very commitment that they made and how it glorifies you. So I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place, in these people. And, Father, I venture out, God, right now and say those who are to be planted in this place, let them come. Let them come and be planted into this place. Those who have come and left, I pray they come back and have a baptism of repentance and say, yes, God has planted me. I know that and I want to be here. And I will, because I am called to be with him and I'm called to serve. So, Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. Thank you, Lord.